0: Music is a fantastic way to teach concepts to young children. There's plenty, oodles of research even, that supports the use of music in the classroom for many different reasons. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood, where we believe in leveling the playing field and bridging the gap between the world of preschool, pre-K, and K-12 education. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and I went from a pre-K teacher of 20 years to a passionate advocate for high quality early childhood education. I truly believe that the work you do, yes, you as an early childhood professional, is absolutely crucial, not just for your students, but society as a whole. I believe that you deserve to have the tools and training that you need to do your job well, so you can really embody your role as a professional educator and your students can achieve their true potential. Listen in each week as I bring you real conversations with me and other early childhood teachers and experts where our mission is to guide you on your journey to becoming the most well-equipped and highly trained professional educator you can possibly be, all while helping you teach smarter, not harder, so you can live more. And there might even be a little humor thrown in here and there just to keep things light and fun. If you'd like to get started upping your early literacy game today, check out my book, Teach Smarter, Literacy Strategies for Early Childhood Teachers on Amazon. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm going to share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by ESGI, an online assessment tool that makes gathering student assessment data and automatically generating charts, graphs, and reports a breeze. Today on Elevating Early Childhood, I'm answering your questions about calendar time. And boy, do you have a lot of them. It seems that my recent episode about calendar time really got a lot of you thinking. In this episode, I'll be responding to our listener and viewer comments and questions on this hot button topic, so be sure to stick around and watch until the very end. But first, I want to revisit my goal with the Elevating Early Childhood podcast. You see, my goal is to help bridge the gap between pre-k and k-12 education and to advocate for high quality early learning experiences for all children and part of that is helping early childhood teachers step into their roles as professional educators professional educators are not the ones who teach the same year over and over again never changing just following the status quo no my friend Professional educators are those who know and understand the value of being a lifelong learner. You see, they ask questions, they're open to new ideas, they're willing to embrace research, evidence-based best practices, not because they have to, but because they want to. Professional educators know and understand how young children's brains learn. They understand the why behind the what of their teaching practice and methods. Now, I could sit here every week and show you all the wonderful printables that I have in my shop, or... I can be brave and advocate for what I believe in because just showing you a bunch of printables doesn't help you become a professional educator and it won't further my goal of bridging the gap between pre-k and k-12 education either so if you're looking for a printable packed extravaganza each week sadly this isn't the podcast for you so thank you for coming to my TED talk now on to the questions This one is from the video comment section, and this viewer says, it's my opinion that we're not giving enough credit to the intelligence of many to most four to five-year-olds. They can learn much more than we think they can. So I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. They can learn so much more than we think they can. It's really more about how they learn these things. That's the real question. I'm all for teaching concepts to young children in context, right, in ways that are meaningful to them. And here's another one from the video comment section. It says, my kids love learning the calendar and hate when we don't do it. I really don't see it as a problem. So I'll address the first part of this comment first, and it's the my kids love learning the calendar part. And here's the thing. My nephew, he's five now, loves Cheetos, right? I mean, he really loves Cheetos. When he was three years old, his father found him standing on top of the stove in the middle of the night trying to get to the Cheetos in the cupboard up above, right? So he will do anything to get those Cheetos. When he came to visit me last summer, he called me on the phone and said, don't forget to get Cheetos. In fact, he would eat Cheetos for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack if his parents let him, right? But his parents don't do that because they want him to have a healthy, balanced diet. They're the adults, and they're doing what's best for his healthy development. Would, we, would you agree with that? my point is this teaching something because our students like it is not a trait of a professional educator instead we can look for more authentic ways to teach counting shapes numerals etc that don't take time away from what really matters in the classroom which is play every minute that our students are sitting in front of us should be a nutrient rich right fun and meaningful experience for them. I propose that there are many other ways to accomplish that which don't involve a calendar. And now onto the second part of the comment. They hate it when we don't do it. And I will agree with you on this. It's absolutely true that when you switch up your routine, they will hate it, right? And here's why. Demetrius, and I'm I'm gonna do my best on his last name, Zygolotus. An anthropologist and cognitive scientist at the University of Connecticut says that humans' brains are designed for pattern-seeking in order to help us make sense of the world around us. And when humans are not able to find patterns, we can experience stress, right? So our mind craves regularity and routine to fight off anxiety and young children crave routine. It helps them feel in control when they know exactly what comes next and what to expect. So it makes perfect sense that they enjoy the routine of calendar time, right? I never said kids hate calendar time. My point is it's not the best use of their time in the classroom. And here's another one from the YouTube comment section. So this says, The calendar, in my opinion, is so incredibly useful and important to early math. This is how many of my students wrote and back count. They count what comes before and after with numerals, days, and months. Okay. So my thoughts in response to this comment are can rote counting and numerals be taught through calendar? And yes, they can, right? But is the only way to do that through using a calendar. Here at Elevating Early Childhood, we're all about teaching smarter, not harder. And that's why I just had to tell you about one of my favorite time-saving tools, ESGI. I use ESGI to help me teach better because they have thousands of preloaded assessments I can use with the click of a button to figure out where my students are strong, where they need extra help, and where I should focus my small group instruction. It brings so much direction to my teaching, so I can be confident that 100% of my students will be kindergarten ready by the end of the year. Plus, if you have assessments you already use and love, you can give yourself an upgrade from that tired, clunky old paper-based delivery. Simply design and build your own assessments right inside the auto-test creator. ESGI is quick, easy, and saves tons of time gathering the data you need to teach like a pro. So what are you waiting for? Start teaching smarter, not harder, when it comes to student assessment. Just go to ESGISoftware.com and enter promo code PREKPAGES, that's P-R-E-K-P-A-G-E-S, to try ESGI for free for 60 days. And you can even save $40 on your first year's subscription. Now, back to the show. If you listen to episode 41 with math expert Shannon McCartney, she discusses which math skills are the most important for our young children to learn. The skills that create a solid foundation upon which all future math learning is built. And spoiler alert, rote counting and numeral recognition are not anywhere near the top of the list. So I think this particular comment requires a bit of a mindset shift, right, because we have to look at how children learn concepts, right? So if we, as the professional educator, believe that numeral recognition and rote counting are the most important aspects of math learning, that is where we need to look at first because that is not true. Okay, on to another comment from the YouTube video. So this one says, song memorization will help them in the long run, even first grade. You know, I agree, music is a fantastic way to teach concepts to young children. There's plenty, oodles of research even, that supports the use of music in the classroom for many different reasons. So you and I are on the same page here. Now, if you mean that singing the days of the week and the months of the year song is helpful to children in the long run, then I would say this in response. Show me in your state standards or guidelines where it says that four-year-old children should repeat the names or recite the names of the days of the week and the months of the year in order from memory. Show me where it says that. What exactly are they learning by doing this? Just because they can doesn't mean they should or that it's the best use of their time in the classroom. Again, all of this is going back to what's the best use of their time in the classroom? What is their purpose for being in the classroom? Is it to recite days of the week and months of the year from memory? And I think we could all agree on, it is not. There was also a comment from a mom who said, my own child learned days of the week since Saturday was the only day he was permitted to play an hour of video games, which is the, in my opinion, perfect example of learning something in context, right? This child was highly motivated to learn when Saturday was, and because of this motivation, he learned the days of the week, you know, and if you've got a big event coming up at a school that your kids are looking forward to, then a calendar or rather a linear calendar can be a great tool to use to make it meaningful and track the passage of time until the big day. There is nothing wrong with that. And now let's get to some Instagram comments because Instagram was blowing up with comments too. And so this one says, I do the linear calendar. Should I introduce them to a traditional calendar soon? I know they use a traditional calendar in kindergarten. What should I do? Stick with linear or start introducing traditional calendar? Well, I think that my friend Karen at Pre Kinders said it, the best and she said it so well in fact that i put this quote on my blog at pre-k pages and it's been there for almost 20 years and here's the quote she says i will not prepare my students for inappropriate practices by doing inappropriate things in my own classroom i love it i could not have said it better myself i quote it all the time um, and here's the thing every minute that your students spend playing with each other, talking and singing is exponentially more beneficial to them than sitting them in front of a calendar. Now here's another one from Instagram. When my kids do calendar, they're counting, patterning, identifying colors, learning spatial concepts and socially interacting. And my response is counting, patterning, identifying colors, learning spatial concepts, and socially interacting can be done in a wide variety of different ways. You don't need a calendar to do any of those things. You see young children learn colors naturally, right? Can you hand me that yellow crayon please? Or if you have a red shirt on, line up. Or you pick up the blue blocks and I'll pick up the yellow blocks. Things like this. These are much more meaningful ways to teach colors. We have to remember as professional educators that telling is not teaching. Telling children that the sun is yellow, everybody says yellow, everybody point to something yellow. This is not the best use of their time. And plus, what about the kids who already know yellow, right? And patterns, patterns occur in nature. They occur all around us. Visual patterns are just one of the many different types of patterns there are. Music is really one of the best ways to teach patterns. You can make patterns out of movements too. If patterns are on your state standards or guidelines for pre-K, then I ask what percentage of the standards have pattern in them, have the word pattern in them? So I looked at some pre-K state standards and the percentage of the standards that mention patterns were less than 1% of all the standards combined for pre-K. So my question then is, are we practicing something that is only 1% of what we're supposed to be teaching in a school year? Is that too much time being spent on that one thing? If patterns are less than 1%, why are we spending a portion of every single day of the year on them? When we know that, we're, built, we're supposed to be building that solid mathematical foundation and focusing on what really matters, right? And patterns are a small part of that. In social interactions, I think we can all agree that social interactions are best learned through centers, through play, right? I mean, if you mean the self-regulation skills like waiting for a turn and listening, All of that can be accomplished during any whole group time, no calendar necessary. Calendar is not the glue that holds your circle time or your morning meeting or group time together. And these Instagram comments, they were on fire, so here's another one. This one says, we use Calendar for learning about holidays, classroom events, and weather. There are fun jobs associated with it, like moving the day of the week marker to the next day, putting a sticker on the weather board, after looking out the window, and deciding what their weather prediction was. It's all a part of our classroom community. They loved it. It was totally age appropriate. I think you're preaching to the choir here, friend. I agree that having a whole group time, circle time, morning meeting, all of that, whatever you want to call it, is extremely necessary. It's not only a great way to start the day, but it's a critical component of a high quality early childhood experience. No arguments here. You can still learn about classroom events, upcoming school holidays, and weather without a traditional calendar. Again, this calendar is not the be-all, end-all, right? You can have a helper move the marker to the next section of your daily picture schedule, which is really kind of the glue that holds things together, right, as opposed to the calendar. Or even on your linear calendar. No need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, folks. No need. Now here is what some of our teaching trailblazer students had to say about Calendar. Our trailblazers are teachers who have embodied that professional educator mindset that I mentioned earlier. Here's what one of them had to say. This is my first year being the lead teacher at my center after four years of being the assistant. And I hinted at changing the calendar for so long, but nobody was for it. Now that it's my classroom, I changed it to a linear calendar, and I love it. You've inspired me to also ditch the months and the days songs. It takes up so much time. I have two classes that only meet for two and three days, threes and fours, for two and a half hours. And I feel like calendar was wasting so much of our time. Our morning circle takes too long, and I really want to shorten it. So this is how our trailblazers see themselves. They see themselves as professional educators. They've stepped into the role. And here this person was talking about how she was able, she felt empowered to advocate for her students by changing her teaching practice and trying it out and then feeling that success rather than being afraid to make changes. Here's what another of our longtime trailblazers had to say about calendar time in her classroom. She says one of the best things I did was ditch the long calendar time with songs, patterns, numbers, etc. I never did calendar before coming to my current preschool, but it was something that was expected and was in place at the school before my arrival. I haven't had one regret and my students still get the concept of passage of time, but we have more time for hands-on fun. Well, kudos to you. I know that a particular trailblazer well and she really embodies the spirit of a professional educator through her willingness to embrace teaching practices, best teaching practices. So there you have it. Those are not all of the comments and questions that I received, but those are a lot of or the general gist of the different comments that I received from you all, from all of you listeners or viewers out there, whether you are on Instagram, Facebook, here in the video comments. I just took them all and compiled them into this one episode for you. So I hope that gave you some more food for thought. And if you'd like to continue this conversation, um, if you're watching along in the video comments below, go ahead and let me know what your thoughts are on this episode. If it helped you uh, reframe your thinking or other things that it brought up for you, feel free to share that. And until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin Onward and Upward you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer, raw and uncut, right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it. Easy, squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen to any tweet for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward.